Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... We're all safe at home, but we can still travel through stories. Visit MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop in order to support independent bookstores while supporting your favorite bookmakers and kidlit podcasters. Same books, same great prices, but this time your dollars make a difference for someone or some indie trying to make a difference. Go to MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop to choose your next great read. That was such uh, such a whirlwind trip for me, coming from, from Alaska. I was there for... I think I was traveling more than I was actually there. I was just going to ask how long <laughs> the travel would have been to be at ALA, yeah. Fighting for everybody. Fighting for everybody. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 584. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Carol Lindstrom and Michaela Goad, author and illustrator of We Are Water Protectors. The story was inspired by Standing Rock, by indigenous people fighting pipelines and fracking, fighting for our earth. It's a story for everyone, because we all have a part in this. But it's also a story about acknowledging those who care deeply for our earth and our waters. We all can be water protectors, even from our homes. This April 22, 2020, we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. One action you might take is to sign the Water Protectors Pledge, created in connection to this beautiful book. There's also a virtual kit that can be shared with students. I'll link to both in the show notes so that you can help share these resources widely. As Carol reminds us, everything revolves around us being together as one. Please welcome my guests, Carol Lindstrom and Michaela Goad, author and illustrator of We Are Water Protectors. Uh, my name is Carol Lindstrom, pronouns she and her. I am Anishinaabe, Métis, I'm a citizen of the Turtle Mountain Band of Ojibwe. I live in Maryland, and I'm an author of books for young people. And my name is Michaela Goad, and I am an illustrator, artist, and occasional graphic designer living in Juneau, Alaska, where I was raised. And I'm a member of the Tlingit Nation, or the Tlingit Tribe, in southeast Alaska. And I am just mostly working on books for kids these days, and I'm really excited about that. 
I can't wait to get into why both of you chose to write books for kids because the book that Carol, the, the book that you both have out now, I know you know, because we talked on on the other podcast on Kidlet these days months ago about how excited I was about this book and how beautiful I think it is. And, and here you are doing these beautiful, mm-hmm. powerful books, each of you for children. And you're both so gifted, so talented. I, I'm just so grateful to, to be finally here sitting and talking to you. Oh, that's so kind yeah. of you. Thank you. <laughs> Carol? Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Yes. Carol, I want you to know, I have also thought nothing else than about talking about protest and advocacy and activism in the time of quarantine. And that is because I see how you lead through social media. And I, I just think it's awesome. So I'm, I'm really, I'm a big fan, folks. Big fan. <laughs> oh, wow, that means so much to me. Oh, I thank you so much. Really, that I just can't tell you how much that means to me. Thank you so well, much, like really. Timing is an unusual thing, isn't it? I know you both were celebrating the release, the launch of We Are Water Protectors, but it came at a time when we all had to stay at home. And so these bookstore events or tours or any of these other things that the folks would have had planned for book releases um, all abruptly got canceled for the indefinite future. And I know that that, I can imagine how challenging that is. And I send I send my, my regrets and condolences in that way. But at the same time, I feel that my heart is full for how I see the Kidlit community assembling to lift up everyone. I agree. I, I feel the same. I, you know, it was so, I mean, I remember the week when right before the book was launching on the 17th, I remember the publicist at Macmillan was uh, almost every day I was getting an email from her. Um, you know, this event's canceled, your book launch is canceled. Uh, especially the one that hurt me the most was Standing Rock because that was, mm-hmm. I mean, that meant everything to me. Mm. Uh, I cried. But, um, so I knew that she said, we are going to get you there. We will get you guys there. I know they will. I know. And there's not a doubt in my mind because I will go there whether I have to walk every step of the way. <laughs> but uh, honest to God. But I, so I know it will happen. Uh, but it, yes, it was very hard at first. But I have to of course, put everything in perspective and say, you know what? I mean, my goodness, I am so blessed. I, I'm so blessed for all the things I have in my life. There are so many people that are hurting and in such bad places right now, um, especially when I think of like the Navajo Nation and uh, the many tribal nations that are, you know, they're saying they're going to be wiped out. And I think, you know, who, I have a worry. I'm just, I'm so fortunate. I, I have food. I don't, you know, I can protect myself and my family, but, you know, I want to do something for them. And so I'm hoping to maybe look at some way to do something. But anyway, yes. Um, uh, it's been a trying time, but I know that the Kidlit community has been so amazing at coming together and doing these, you know, virtual uh, ways to get together. And so, yes, I think it's, there's, there's positives. There's a lot more positives that we should we should be looking at. Yeah. Yes, Go it's ahead. been. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Carol is saying. There, we were pretty, of course, disappointed with everything, and but we also know we're not alone, and we weren't the only book coming out right now. So. It's a, a bunch of people in the same position, and I have been 
felt like really supported the whole way. Like you're saying, the kid lit community is just being really inventive and, and rising to the occasion. And at the same time, like Carol said, you know, it's we just know how lucky we are and that it could be much worse. And there are bigger things at play right now than um, than just us and our book. So yes. uh, and just being understanding of that and just trying to roll and adapt with the new normal and. Uh, I've I've enjoyed it so far doing these virtual events, um, especially Carol and, I, Carol and I were laughing about it the other day because we both get so nervous for events and things. <laughs> like, well, this way at least we don't have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So there's there's a silver lining as we sort of uh, get our promotional feet under us since since we're still you know I'd say fairly new um, to this level at least in the industry for for at least for myself um definitely so it's kind of easing into it anyway and I was also working on wrapping up another book and I get really into that world and can't handle much else and that book was delayed just with everything going on and and um just kind of coming out of that world now and uh just trying to figure out what's next but it's been it's been great so far well it's a really interesting time of 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 advocacy in a different way of activism from your home we're all Mm -hmm. online now um which means hopefully ideally that we all have just endless access to information and to what continues to go on in the world despite us being at home and 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 what um circumstances might be taking advantage of folks that are are now bound to be at home but um, I digress. I want to bring us into talking about this particular picture book, talking about We Are Water Protectors, um, because I know that that will also stem out into everything else we want to talk about. Carol, can I ask you, please, to introduce this book to us, to share a little a little book talk of this book? Oh, gosh. Okay, well... Um... Oh, we are water protectors. Um, I actually began as a young adult novel in my head. You know, I was going to start it because I had a lot more things I wanted to put into it. So I knew it was going to be a lot meatier. It had a lot more material that was a little bit heavier than a picture book could allow for. But but I knew that in the you know time that I would need for this novel, it would take me longer than I wanted um, in order to get a message out about this important, you know, not just Danny Rock, of course, but line three, uh, line five, um, you know, what's what's in um, uh, Canada? So many, so many indigenous people fighting um, uh, pipelines and uh, fracking and just, you know, extraction. And so um, I thought, well, geez, you know, I wrote picture books. I, I know picture books. I should maybe think about that because, um, you know, young people, all young people get it. But I thought, you know, starting at the youngest age, you know, um, that would might be a good place to to begin with it. So I originally began, wrote the story and it was a little bit more narrative. You know, it was not as I would say lyrical as this one. And um Oh, that's it. The story is how I actually got my agent. Um, and when when we uh, were revising it, you know, I, at one point I had some a few lyrical lines in the story, but not. It wasn't like it is. It is now. And she said, "Well, perhaps you could look at maybe making it a little bit more lyrical." And I said, "No, I can't do that <laughs> because I just didn't see it at that time that way, you know." Uh, but I sat with it for a couple of days, like I usually do with 
um, vision. And um, I don't know. I sat behind the computer after that, and it just came out. Um, and it pretty much came out this way um, because, you know, it was just in there. I just needed to sort of coax it out. <laughs> I love that you have really such truly beautiful and lyrical text, but you also have this this wonderful refrain that, that keeps coming back. Carol, would you mind if I read to you? Is that okay? Oh, but yes, please. This is a song of a book. This is so beautiful. I love where you brought our, our, our text here, our story. Michaela, I only wish that folks could see the color <laughs> that I'm awash in as I read this because it's, <laughs> uh, it's gorgeous. But I know that many, many people have seen and referenced your art already in this, um, which is a testament. Mm-hmm. But the text starts, <clears throat> Water is the first medicine. Nokom has told me. We come from water. It nourished us inside our mother's body. And it nourishes us here on Mother Earth. Water is sacred, she said. We stand with our songs and our drums. We are still here. The river's rhythm runs through my veins, runs through my people's veins. My people talk of a black snake that will destroy the land. What did I tell you? I, thought, I was going to read like two pages. I read like half. <laughs> Can't stop. Oh my gosh. I'm going to cry. Can't stop. Michaela, why don't I turn to you and ask yeah. what um, for you it was like to first encounter this manuscript? Oh, well, it was a while ago now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting to remember it now after having received more manuscripts um, and have gone more through that process of like, you know, what do I want to work on and why? But when I first got the manuscript for, for Carol's story, it was just like, oh yeah, I'm working on this. No questions asked. <laughs> when, when can we do this? Um, it was just sort of like, yep, doing it. <laughs> and, and that's a, a great sign. And I haven't quite had the same just instantaneous um I guess, feeling quite yet. And so that was pretty powerful, a powerful indicator. I just loved how, you know, Carol mentioned it, how lyrical it was and how beautiful and poetic. Yet also uh, there is so much room for me just to make art around it. And it wasn't too specific in any one way. And that as an artist is just to have that freedom is really exciting. And your mind just instantly goes to all these places where you could take it. And that's just sort of what mine mine did when I first read her manuscript. Wow. So yeah, it was a joy to work on. The color story you have yeah. in this book is 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 gorgeous. It's not. I mean, it could just be a wash yeah. in blue if it wanted to, but it's not. And it's in the way you control color that I think speaks so strongly that you have water weaving itself into galaxies. You have these <laughs> wonderful patterns and prints. Uh, amid everything, I wonder what what coming up with the art looked like for you. If there was a central image you started with, or a mm-hmm. color story, or just what can you recall what what that was like for you? Well, it was it was I can sort of compare and like contrast it in a way to the book I just finished. It it came really naturally. The water protectors did. Um, you know, I'm 
I'm from Southeast Alaska. I've grown up on the beaches and in the rainforest and uh, the Tlingit tribe, you know, we're people of the tides. And that's something you hear from indigenous groups just all along like the Northwest coast. So I don't think it's especially unique just to Tlingit people. Um, but the whole life life here is built around the ocean and the waterways and the snow melt and the rain. So it, it it was a beautiful process where I did I did feel like it came naturally and I already love all colors blue and green and blue green and I love to say my favorite color is the ocean because it's ever changing and it's, some days it's that beautiful blue green or turquoise green and other days it's just a steely gray and I really wanted water to be uh, you know like a, a main character in its own way and just sort of dance throughout the book and, and change. And I don't know if it was necessarily intentional, <laughs> uh, some of it. And I think a lot of it just happened. And then it's fun sort of seeing people's feedback and re- reactions to the books. Because then sometimes I think that's really, oh, yeah, I think that's that sounds right. That sounds like what I was yeah. doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I you know, sometimes yeah. just don't have those words uh, uh, when you're making it and and I think that's probably a sign that you're working on something that really um, aligns with with who you are and yeah so I don't know I just had a lot of fun with water I put it I think every book cover I've worked on now except for this last one has had ocean or river or um, some big element of water on the cover yeah I can mm. picture encounter having the water right there too yeah. And then the, they had four books I did before that with a, a local, um, our local cultural nonprofit wing of our Native Corporation. All of those were very ocean inspired. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 125,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of the Children's Book Podcast can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of just one month. Go to Libro FM. That's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M and enter WINNER. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I love in your art, Michaela, that we can see the the watercolor on the paper. Mm-hmm. You can see the um, sort of irregularities in the, in the color um, mm-hmm. as well as the way the edges have like slight bleeds from one color into the next at points it's it's beautiful in that way that you've you've illustrated a book that shows that we can look at water and it can be a color but water also takes on the color of what is around it and what what it's a, in. so it's what it reflects yeah mm-hmm. it's neat that way mm-hmm. yeah i love i love texture of watercolor it's actually medium i never really experimented with with growing up and uh, it just, I just felt called to it from my first book. So I've just been learning as I go. And I, I've 
always loved, like you're saying, that textural element, and you can see the paper underneath it, and it can be really transparent and loose and <clears throat> just yeah. glowy, and then you can have really heavy, opaque layers. Um, just that dance between delicate and bold, I think, has always really drawn me to watercolor. So it's yeah. just, yeah, remained my, my main medium. Yep. I love it. It's beautiful. I love it so much. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I, I, um, I have not had the experience, Carol, of writing a book and then... No, I have in a in a yeah, I'll take that back. But the experience of of writing a book, of writing words, and then seeing someone's art, something that wasn't there before, that now is a marriage of your text that brings it to a, a different place. Um, that's a that's a cool thing. I'm glad that that the publisher saw the two of you being fit for one another in that way, the text and the art. Me too. Oh gosh, no question. I feel the same way. But I, there, that's so key to to me too. Oh, and that's when when we were we, we were just in the Quelle, um a conference. Uh, Michaela and I were on the panel last week together, mm-hmm. and that was one question um, that was asked. Um, but that is so important, and I think that's why this book. I feel together. We it's so important for the author to leave room for the illustrator to do their magic and. Um, I mean, Michaela is so talented and amazing that you can't let her tie, keep her hand. You can't tie her hands. You know, you can't tie the hands of the illustrator. They must be allowed to dream the story into life. And they can't if you tell them what to do and you don't let them and you don't allow them to, you know, to have the proper, you know, uh, feelings for it. And anyway, so I think Mm -hmm. that. Is something as an author, I do make a key point of with all my, you know, writing. It's, well, when it comes to children's picture books, is to make sure every single word is needed. And is it doing taking away something the illustrator could do? If it is, then it comes out. So anyway, I love I love Kate. I love her work, and she's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and she's amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, Carol, you're dealing with something that, a concept, oil, um, the pipelines, the fracking, all of that, that has real serious consequences for people and for our environment. And yet, I feel, and this, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you and I being East Coasters, I feel like sometimes that feels really distant. I feel like... I take for granted that I can turn on the faucet and get water that mm-hmm. I um I don't even see for the most part the pipes that bring the water to me the way that other people are affected uh and animals and the environment is affected in helping bring uh water to me and helping heat my home and helping you know do all the things to bring all the the materials to help things function and yet there's a real dark and threatening side to that i wonder what what it was like to find balance in your text to to present the weight of the threat but also leave space for hope 
and for mm-hmm. a space for children and, and all people to step in to affect change. Was that something yeah. that was, you talked about the story coming out of you, but was that something that mm-hmm. was naturally there or something that needed to be uh, sort of tempered? Uh, it's hard. <laughs> That's such a hard thing because, um, especially when I wrote this book, which is now back when Standing Rock, um, which really was the inspiration for the story, um, when the camp was ending. Um, and so at that time, I was so uh, involved in it, in my heart. You know, I was there in my heart. I mean, I was on social media constantly uh, trying to find out what was going on, sharing as much as I could. So trying to make people aware of what is going on. You know, I have so many friends now through um, social media that I've become really close friends because uh, at Standing Rock now. Um, I have met so many incredible activists, uh, so many incredible activists, um, especially women um, activists from Danny Rock and just in the community. Um, I, it, uh, I'm going to cry because I do what I start think about this because it's such a, uh, because I don't, it hurts <clears throat> terribly hard and <clears throat> badly to see what we're doing to this planet. Every day it hurts me when I, go outside even when I talk to the trees and the birds, you know, and I say, I'm sorry, I do, I pray, I tell them all the time, I'm so sorry for what we're doing to you, because I am, <clears throat> that's why I know that this is what I need to do, I know I need, this is why I know I need to write for children, because <clears throat> I, <clears throat> excuse me, I think kids get it, young people get it, they really do, it's the older people that don't, you know, they're so easy to write for because they genuinely are open and so loving and so giving and so accepting and just, I mean, I just love them. They're a joy to write for. And I just, you know, I, the only thing that keeps me going is them, you know, knowing that just one more person that gets it is just another, is another blessing for the earth and, and the planet and the animals and, the, and us, you know, so it's hard sometimes, and it really is. I just, I do sometimes get really overwhelmed by the way things are. But I just, that one child that gets it, or that one story from someone that says, my child was reading this story the other day, and they say, go water protectors. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you know what? I, I This is it, man. That's all I needed today. Thank you. You know, I'm done for the day. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> beautiful to to find strength in their strength. Yeah, I um, I found um, something really powerful in some of the imagery, some of the motifs in your art, Michaela, about strength in particular. That we have a lot of circular images, much like the Earth. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the first ones that we encounter is the mother with child, um, and that's a, a great symbol of strength. Um, but we also see, and this is interesting for me, which is why I wanted to call attention to it. You give in illustration great strength to the threat. One of the most striking images that really halted me in this book was that image of the pipeline that we first see where there's oil spilling out of it. And we see um, these silhouettes of a bird and a fish and where the oil has gone, it's it's in your art, they essentially have become like translucent and we just see their bones and the toxins inside. (laughs) And we see the pipeline (laughs) 
as a snake, as a pipeline. You see that back and forth and it choking uh, plants. But you also have postured the girl in your story and the people in your story, not only in circles, that, that, that refrain that we come back to, there are people in circles around that refrain, which is that symbol of strength. But you also have people holding hands and people just, again, postured in a way that leans them forward and, and shows their strength. I feel like that tension that you've helped to create in that art is, is something that I find makes it really hard to turn a page because I just don't want to leave um, that moment. It's, it's really affecting well, I really appreciate that. Um, and I find it so rewarding to just to talk with people about it because I find that these conversations also help me articulate, I think, what I was, was trying to do. And, you know, I think when I was working on initial, you know, initially the sketches and the artwork, sometimes I'm aware of these things and sometimes I'm aware of them more after the fact, like I mentioned earlier. But you know, it was important to me from the get-go to, you know, it'd be a disservice, I think, to simplify too much just the struggles, uh, you know, of, of Standing Rock. It's rooted in Standing Rock, but also just uh, the fight that Indigenous people have, have undergone for a long time for their own rights and then just in protecting the planet. And to make it too, I think, cutesy or to skip over the the actual realities of that experience, I thought would be a disservice to those communities. And so it was important for me to have, you know, a certain degree of what you're saying, like tension or, you know, actually making it a little bit <laughs> spooky at times. I, I don't know. I tried to balance it with with hope and, and color and, you know, illustrations full of life and like what you're saying, unity, because that was also really important to me, having strength in numbers and diversity within unity um, and just the strength of that community, but yeah, life and I light. also wanted, yeah, I also really, you can't have the light without the dark. So if it's all just hunky dory, mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, indigenous people have struggled already so much and misrepresentation or the lack of representation altogether, uh, is something I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, always aware of and, so yes, it was important to have that snake be a little bit scary and to actually hint at, at death and the actual consequences of these things that most people, a lot of people don't don't see or aren't aware of. And mm-hmm. it's been really heartening to see some of just how this book's been received um, beyond the Native community and to hear from to hear from readers who are like, you know, I had no idea. Um, I started researching after all this and did like this whole unit with with my kids. And that is really inspiring to know that um, these water protectors beyond Standing Rock can get a little bit more recognition and have we can put a little bit more light on them and what they're fighting for because they aren't just fighting for themselves. They're fighting for everybody and uh, regardless of where we come from and and they get it. And I just, you know, yes makes me really happy to know that this book can help more people understand. Yes. Yep. I fully agree. And I was also in that tension recognizing that you allow us, you you bequest of us to slow down with Carol's words. You have in that beautiful page 
um, where the girl holds up the feather and the uh, people behind her are, are holding hands as one. Um, the background, the sky is just awash in yellow and oranges and the text reads to stand for the water, to stand for the land, to stand as one against the black snake. There's so many things here at work. Uh, Carol, even structurally, you giving us these phrases, but punctuating them with a, with a full stop at the end of each of these phrases, um, you're like in poetry, like how picture books are poetry when done well, you're helping direct us on how to read and how to slow down and where to find those beats. And you, you do it quite masterfully. Oh, thank you. Gosh, that means so much to me. You know, I don't, I guess I don't even think about it. (laughs) And I never think of myself as a poet. Somebody said that to me once and I said, I don't know what that is because that is not me. I, I, I don't think I just like to I just like to play with words and I just like to use the least amount of words possible <laughs> to, you know, to uh, I don't like all the fluffy stuff and all that. But to me, I felt like that part there, you know, what you just said is so key to right now. I mean, right. I mean, if we stand together and we stand as one, we can defeat this virus. We need to speak together. We have to do that in order to flatten the curve. And we can't do that by not relying on each other to do that for our elders and for those that are in, you know, ill and those that can't handle this disease. So it's like everything revolves around us being together as one. It's not us separate. It can't be. Nothing can be that way. That this world is not going to get better. The planet is not going to get better that way. It's all of us together as one. So I think that that's really what I thought in my head when you were just saying those words. That just sort of seems like it applies so much to to every to now right now. See, I just want to like break the fourth wall right now and ask <laughs> listeners like. Do you see the heart that went into this book? I mean, it's just undeniable. I was hearing, I had, I, okay, so here's a, here's a behind the scenes thing. Um, I almost never listen to other children's book podcasts because it gets just too in my head to do the kind of interview that I do. But suddenly, Carol, you popped up in another podcast that I listened to. You were interviewed by Rosanna Deerchild on Unreserved, and it was so oh, cool yes. to hear you on there, but it was <laughs> oh. right at the start of things. And I thought yeah. there, right there is the testimony of hope and and of light and of how we can still affect change. We don't need to be somewhere to be able to carry a message. And you, Carol, you're that light for me oh. and for many, many others in this world and on social media, I see you being this light and I am so grateful that you're this light in our lives. Oh, I love you so much. You're here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you both. I love you really. That means so much to me. I wish I could hug you truly. I'm hugging you with my heart because mm-hmm. really that means everything to me. I love you both. Carol, there will be plenty of time for hugs when we go up to Alaska. <laughs> we can. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to we... jump into and just say I found Carol's passion and and light, like you're saying, just a constant source of inspiration and um, 
And you're right, like there was a lot of heart. I could tell from the get-go that this book was just coming from a a different sort of place. And even researching for the art for this book was a pretty heavy experience. And, you know, I tried to do all that I could from, you know, given the limitations. Um, I am aware that mostly it's, you know, through internet, (laughs) which is hard because I wasn't actually there in person. And so that was something, you know, I wanted to make sure even though I wasn't there in person, I could at least reflect some of that experience back to the folks who were uh, and who continue to to fight for to, for water around the world. And just, it was, there was such a gravity in just researching for this book. It was at times incredibly hopeful and inspiring and at other times really depressing um, and sad and having to walk that balance um, it's just been an emotional roller coaster. And so I'm hoping that the art does, like you're saying, just kind of have all of those elements because that's the truth of it. Um, and yeah, I love you too, Carol. I love you. I do. You're so wonderful. You're such a special person. Anyway, I'm just so emotional. God, I just, oh, this we, book reads so much to me. So, it, it, I, I can tell. And you know, you know who else it means a lot to, uh, not just all readers, I'm sure to all readers that are encountering this, I'm not alone in reacting this way, but I can't help also but think of my indigenous children, my students who not only are seeing themselves beautifully portrayed in a book, but their strength is being mm-hmm. affirmed, their, their story, their traditions, their them they they are in this book and it's beautiful we're you're you're part of this change carol and michaela that that, these are not the books we used to have you with others are ushering in a change and it's with these incredible books that it's happening too so that to me is so overwhelming and so wonderful and i feel so blessed and privileged and honored to get to read these books and to read them more importantly to children. So thank you for that. Thank you. It it means the world to be able to help, you know, and that what's the, I think that stat is um, about 1% of books have, have indigenous characters and to be working on projects that help change that um, is hugely rewarding. And it just, I always, I always want native kids to see these books and, and feel pride um, because, you know, they have a system set against them and, you know, it's just really important in a world that tells them that they're often not important or seen. Yes, absolutely. That's how I felt when I was young growing up, you know, I didn't have a lot of books that I could, I didn't see any books that I read that I saw myself in, even if they weren't picture books, you know, just, novels if it was it wasn't in a positive way um and so i never had those when i was growing up so now being able to do that is just the best thing ever (laughs) period period (laughs) period (laughs) (laughs) well then then on that note why don't i bring us directly to those children and i'll stop talking and give you a chance to speak directly to them, which I think is so, so important. So, uh, Carol, I'll ask you first that I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? 
Oh, I just want to say to them to be safe, please, and take care of yourself and wash your hands. <laughs> and, and we cannot wait to share our book with you in person one day soon. And Migwitch for being water protectors. Mm, and I love them. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I love them. Oh, thank you, Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Alcia Library full of children tomorrow morning is there a message i can bring to them from you yes um i would like to second what carol said and and say goodness cheese for for reading the book for listening to the story and just that i hope they know that we're all connected no matter where we come from um to our families and our friends and people we've never met to our ancestors to our future generations and we're all connected to mother earth and she provides for us in so many ways he gives to us in so many ways, and I just hope that um, you know they they want to join us in respecting her and, and giving back to her and protecting her. And in Klinka, it's Iyatune, which means respect for all things. And um, I just hope that they they love this book and it inspires them. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 550 episodes at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.